Michelle Neff Hernandez. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. It's so good to see your faces. I know Michelle is, you know, doing so much around the world for grief and loss, and she is joining us from a Delta Airlines terminal <laughs> today. Well, Michelle's been very important to our family, particularly for the last couple of years, because she has her wonderful organization, Soaring Spirits Foundation. Michelle, you have helped me as a widow in the last couple of years since uh, my husband passed away, Phil, and all the things that you do are so amazing. Your camp widow, the online presence is absolutely amazing, as well as the different camps that you do. Uh, how many camps are you doing a year? Four right now, one in Florida, so Tampa, Florida, San Diego, California, Brisbane, Australia, and uh, Toronto, Ontario. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and yeah, I know we're excited. You know, Michelle, as you know, mom, not only talks the talk, but walks the walk because she lost her husband at a very young age um, in a biking accident. And then, you know, as you said, mom, she went on to found Soaring Spirits International. And she's written a book, which mm -hmm. is just coming out, right? Yes. Exciting. Yes, it's been a whole new experience. I love it. Different after you rediscovering yourself after grief or trauma. And yeah. what about the CNN award? He rose award for CNN. Fantastic. And she's been on some of our television shows. And she's just recently been on three of our shows because she flew to New York to because she was nominated for the CNN Heroes Award. So right. we please tune in to open to hope and watch those shows. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, give us some advice for the people who have lost spouses or partners. First of all, I want to thank you both for having me today and for holding this space for everyone. I think that as the world gets more complicated and as we're dealing with so many different things, including the shifting sands of the pandemic and uh, war in a different place in the world. It just, sometimes I think for grievers, especially, it can be really scary. The people that we typically would depend on to be our stable person and to help us feel like the world is the place that we can navigate are no longer here. So I'm, I'm speaking specifically, of course, for our widowed community who find such hope and many resources uh, through Open to Hope. But I wanted to talk about today, I wanted to use that phrase, open to hope. Like, what does that mean, especially as we walk into a world that is so uncertain and so many different challenges that I remember thinking when right when my husband Philip first died, that that should be the only thing I have to deal with. <laughs> and yet life calls us forward and we end up having to make our way through a number of different things. So what does it mean to hope? Um, I think sometimes hope gets I'm going to call it a bad rap because it seems like it's that shiny thing way over there where people don't really know how they're supposed to access it, especially in your early grief. When in your early grief, you think to yourself, what am I supposed to hope for? How am I supposed to find hope in the midst of this devastating experience? For our widowed people, that's the death of their spouse or partner. For other grievers, it's the death of a pivotal person in their lives. How am I supposed to find hope in the midst of this? And what am I supposed to hope for? So Soaring Spirits International holds, as we talked about briefly, these Camp Widow weekends. And now we have Camp Widow one day events as well. And after one of the Camp Widow weekends, one of our campers came up to me and she said, Michelle, you guys have this phrase on your shirts that say hope matters. And I'm trying to figure out why. Why does hope matter? And where am I supposed to find this hope? My husband said, I don't like the life that I'm living. 
I want him to come back and I know that that is not going to happen. The life that I want is not possible. How am I supposed to find hope? And it made me realize that sometimes the way we talk about hope is too distant. And what we have to really lean into is asking this question, what do you hope more, what would you like to have more of in your life? How can we turn our hopes into things we hope for? So let me give you an example. We could hope for more calm in our life. We could hope for a continued connection with our person. We could hope that tomorrow is a little easier than today. We can hope that we could sleep tonight. We can hope that we make a connection with someone who matters to us. And when we start thinking about our lives in this way, we start asking ourselves in this moment for me personally, what do I hope more of? So I wanna ask each of you that as you're listening today, what do you hope more of in your life? And once we've identified just one thing, so for me today, I'll share because of where I'm at and because of the way my day went, I'm hoping that I make my connection to my flight. And it can be that simple. Hope can be a concept that only stretches for the next few minutes or the next few hours. And then you can change what you hope for next. So I want you to try to think with me about what it would be like if hope, hope was incremental. Instead of thinking to ourselves, I hope I can survive this huge, difficult, devastating experience, right? That sounds so big sometimes. I remember in my early widowhood thinking that it was surprising to me that the pain I felt in the aftermath of Phil's death didn't literally end my life. I felt like my limbs were being separated from my body. Um, and it, it felt too big to try to survive. Survival seemed like such a big phrase. But what I, I want you to try to narrow it down to is how can we hope for just the next thing? And then once you've determined, so let's say that you're decided that what you're hoping for is that this day is better than yesterday. Then I wanna ask you, what incremental steps can you take to get there? Because access to hope, touching hope, feeling hope, that can be done with the simplest of things. Sometimes it's a phone call to a friend. Sometimes it's reaching out to a new resource. Sometimes it's watching a video on Open to Hope or listening to a podcast. Sometimes it's as easy as reading a Facebook post from somebody who recognizes your person. I loved um, listening to Christian talk about asking people to please share the names of their people. Isn't it sometimes just wonderful to have somebody acknowledge that and you didn't know it was coming. And so these incremental steps, what's an incremental step that we can take to head towards what we want more of in our life? And that counts as hope. That's the thing I, I, I find so inspiring about the idea of hope is that it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be shiny. It doesn't have to be far away. It can be gritty. It can be, I hope I can sleep tonight. So let's say we hope we can sleep tonight. What incremental step can you take to get a little rest tonight? I hope I can feel five minutes of peace today. How might you find those five minutes of peace? What incremental step could you take to get there? And I think sometimes we imagine that if we can't find our hope, if the hope is so big and so far away that we just can't access it, that it's not meant for us, that somehow hope is not meant for us. 
But what I believe and what I hope that you can find in this sort of incremental steps towards hope is that hope has every one of our names on it, each and every one of our names on it. I can find the smallest thing to hope for today. And it's also true. We know as grievers, right, that sometimes our hopes don't come true. Sometimes the, the things we hope for just don't materialize. And when they don't materialize, we can sometimes take away the message that that means hope is not for us. The beautiful thing about hope is that we can continue day after day to find a new thing for which we hope. Day after day, we can choose a different type of hope. Sometimes you might want that shiny hope on the hill. Maybe you want to have a really big dream. And the big dream is the thing that's helping you make your way through this horrible experience. Maybe you don't have the energy for the big dream. And the smallest thing you hope for is that, you know, the tires that you have to buy for your car don't cost as much as you thought they were going to. And sure, it might not work out that way. But hope can be accessed in the smallest of things. Sometimes we need the gritty down-home hope. Sometimes we need the sparkly hope. Sometimes we need the distant hope. Sometimes we need to just look around and realize that someone else can hope for us. One of the things I love about Open to Hope is the, the ending, as, as many of you, any of you who've watched any of the videos know, is you know, the, the offer that Gloria or, he, or Heather, Heidi will always make, which is, if you don't have hope, you can lean on ours until you can find your own. And that is the beauty of community. What I love about being a part of a community of grievers, Soaring Spirits International is a community of widowed people who are witnessing for, walking beside, and hoping with and for other widowed people. And so for any griever, I always suggest that another way to access hope is to find a community. I know that those of you who are here, I'm talking, speech, I'm preaching to the choir because many of you have already found Open to Hope. And you know that being able to have access to a community is one of the places that hope can be found. And so depending on what your circumstance is, depending on what you're grieving, for anyone who's grieving a spouse or partner, you're welcome to come to the, the programs of Soaring Spirits where you will find other people whose hope you can lean on in case you don't have your own. But I wanna remind you that hope is not an inaccessible ideal that is so far away from us that we can't find incremental steps to get there. But there is one caveat, and that is we do have to be open to hope. That's one of the things I love so much about the Open to Hope Foundation is this sense that we have the choice to be open to hope. And if we don't allow ourselves to be open to it, then no matter where we find it, no matter if it's the shiny kind or the gritty kind or the community kind, whatever kind of hope you have, the first thing you have to do is be willing to open your heart to hope. And Open to Hope Foundation is the beautiful expression of that. I could see it looked like Heidi wanted to say something. <laughs> Heidi, are you coming? Are you jumping in? Are you jumping in here? I was just talking about what a beautiful thing, the idea of being open to hope is. And that really, so I want to summarize, you know, my, my way of looking at hope. And what I hope for each one of you actually is one, first, that you can find one small thing to hope for today. Two, that if you don't have your own hope, you find a place where other people are hoping and you can lean on theirs. Starting with Open to Hope 
if your journey as a widowed journey, Soaring Spirits International has that for you. And then that you would next take the incremental steps towards welcoming what you want more of in your life. If that's peace, if that's calm, if that's love, if that's joy, we have the opportunity to take incremental steps to get there. And then lastly, we have to be open. We have to be open to hope because if hope is just sitting there on the outside and we are unable to allow it in, then no matter how much access we have, we can't reach it. So being open to hope, leaning on your friends here at Open to Hope to be able to access the hope that they know and offer to you every day. Uh, Michelle, you're absolutely phenomenal. We appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you so much. What a beautiful day you all have created. I love the hope that's being shared today, and I look forward to being connected again soon.